Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terra in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run! Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Yo, people, welcome back to another episode of the Touchline Hotspur podcast. Also, brother pod of the Touchline Fracker podcast as well. Sunday evening, Sunday evening, Thursday evening, sorry. Before we sneak this one in, sneak this one in before Love Island. <laughs> settings at 9 p.m. But let's talk about let's talk about Casa White Hart Lane settings for the love. <laughs> Yo, um, I'm joined by two of my faithful co-hosts. Tops, what are you saying? Booker T, should I call you? <laughs> yeah, man. You know how it goes, bro. Only makes sense. The big man. But we are here, man. Happy. happy, ready to go, man. So I'm good. You're happy? I know you're ready to go, but you happy? Really? You happy? Don't worry. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Just wait on it, bro. Just wait. Okay. 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 Uh, and we got the giant, aka Dave, Treble Z. What are you saying? Yeah, man, all good, all good, all good. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week at Casa, Casa de Lane. <laughs> Casa de Lane, that's a, that's a, that's a better one. <laughs> Casa de Lane. Let's <laughs> see what happens, is it? see what happens. Casa de Lane is a better one, I can't even lie. Yeah, it's been, it's been a weird week in the Spurs world. Let's be real, because, I mean, it started off well. The deal that was confirmed last week by Fabrizio was actually confirmed by Spurs in the end with um, Brian Hill coming to Spurs and then 
that donkey off ski to Sevilla. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we already knew about Galini from the other Saturday as well. But it seems as if it's it's been a bit, mm, in terms of incomings. Of course, we've got a lot to get through today. We've got to get through the news on our derailed leader <laughs> as well. We've got to get some thoughts on that and where he ranks amongst our best centre-backs in the Premier League era. Because I was seeing all sorts of nonsense on Twitter this week about like but, um, where that partnership with Jan Patongan ranked. And a lot of people were putting too much disrespect on their name. But anyway, that's, that's there. We're going to talk about Romero, of course, the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about the deal stored and talk about a simple case of deja vu. <laughs> and we're going to talk about, of course, um, how the boys actually fared in action. Because I know you guys watched the, the friendly. I didn't watch it. So you lot can give me the lowdown. So we got a lot to get through. We got a lot to get through. But let's actually start with a friendly. I think it's the most recent. So, Top, I'm going to come to you first. Spurs yeah. running out 3 1 winners. Um, what are your thoughts on the players? that Nuno selected for yesterday's friendly? Um, so, yeah, uh, friendly MK Dons was at our third um, friendly of the uh, preseason. To be honest with you, I was fairly happy with, with the team that was picked yesterday. Um, it was kind of expected a lot of the guys that would play um, with Niall John in midfield with Skip. Um, it was good to see Sun start up front. Um, and also to have um, Regulon back in the team. And obviously, we had some of the guys who haven't really played as much. Um, so we had Jaffet starting. We had uh, Doherty on the right. And then usual Lucas and Bergerin, who have probably played most of all the games. So to be honest with you, I mean, it was kind of expected. We've obviously had a lot more players back um, coming back into the preseason. Obviously, not, not the big international guys. We've been away for a while. But the team was as expected, to be honest with you. At this point, um, I was expecting kind of a comfortable-ish performance at MK Dons. And pretty much it was. So I can't really complain, man. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Dave, a um, bit more of a different question for you. Let's, let's, let's fast things up. Who impressed you the most and who impressed you the least? Um, I'll start with the least. Number two was still flopping. <laughs> still, still, what's that mean? We can't beat this guy. We've tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I'll be honest. So number two's got his, you know, he's got his dad in in the touch, you know, in, in the dugout, <clears throat> and still he's not, he's not winning for me. He was, um, I mean, it was his first game back, so maybe give him that. You know, he looked a bit flat-footed, a little bit shaky, um. But to be honest, the rest of the team, especially the starting lineup, I thought would have played very well. Um, it was just, it was just so refreshing to see some sort of attacking intent. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, you know, in legal terms, all we saw last season was manslaughter. You know, we, we would kill off a team with no intent, though. But but last night it seemed like they would murder with intent. They were actual, you know, putting um, different patterns together. Lucas was was dribbling with his head up. Son was making some good runs. Bergwijn looked better. Okay, you know me, right? I'm a Stevie Wonder fan, so I'm I'm st- I still got my stock. You get me? Um, you, it's 
I just got to pause you there as well. Big up Ash as well. It's funny you mentioned Stephen Bergwijn just when I put up the comment from Ash because him and Tanya, <laughs> let's just say Tanya and Jack, they've made their feelings abundantly clear on Stephen Bergwijn. Me and Ash have gone back and forth. Me and Ash on, on, on his feeling have gone back and forth. Ash knows how I feel. Isn't it? Like, I'm still holding on to it. I'm not, I'm not blind to what I see. You know, last season was, was whack. Um, but he looks rejuvenated. I do have a concern. He does look like he's carrying a bit too much weight. So, I mean, it's not quite William, but yeah, it does. It does look like um, he's, he's he's coming back into some sort of confidence. And yeah, he missed he missed an easier chance, uh, but Son missed the same chance. You know, just a few minutes before. You know, the little chip. So can't blame him too much. Um, but he's doing the right things, getting to the right places. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, yeah, most of them played well. You know, it's comprehensive. Didn't seem like we were in trouble. Um, even the goal that we conceded was pretty lucky from MK Dons, really. Um, yeah. You know, it was just little. And and at that point, you know, all the young men were on. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It's interesting. Um, let's, let's, let's get into the nuts and bolts of pre-season so far because I've not watched the full 90 minutes yet. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to change as of next week because I think I'm actually going to go both games back to back the the Chelsea game and then the Arsenal game. But um, one of the things that I've read and I've actually seen on highlights is Lucas Moura. He's actually looking, oh. he's looking impressive. And this is a player that I actually I still want the club to try and offload if possible. But it seems as if Nuno is going to give this guy a lifeline, and it seems as if Nuno is going to give this guy and um, and held the opportunity to to, to, to take that, that right-wing spot because I've not really seen Steven Bergman operate on the right. I think when I've watched him in pre-season and highlights, he's been coming from the left. So what's what's the general consensus here on, on Mora? Because I'm seeing him thread some some good passes through, running past players, running into Calder Sachs' pair, but he's actually, he's actually um, scoring, but... Yeah, what's the what's the consensus? Because I I hate taking stuff seriously preseason. I really I really do because I, I I've learned that the hard way. For me, ever since that Giovanni dos Santos signing years and years and years ago, yeah, <laughs> I've never taken preseason. I just look at it as yeah, you're building up fitness and nothing more. So give me your thoughts, guys. I feel like I, I feel like this is deja vu, bro. I've seen this before, man. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what this guy is about. I'm not gonna say he's completely like dusted, but, but uh, I've just the one thing that gets me about him is that he's the one attacker that takes risks to open up other teams. And to be honest with you, I'll give him that. He constantly is trying to find spaces. He's constantly trying to run at defenders. He's obviously got a bit of pace, even at his age. And he is able to find a pass in the final third. But I've just seen this too often from him, you see. And I feel like now that we've got a new manager, it's like his it's like his clock has now reset all of a sudden. And then give it a third of the season or half of the season we're just going to be getting the same Lucas. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But I feel like we know what he's about and there's not going to be any change. But I don't know. 
I'm I'm seeing how the season is going to progress, seeing how he's getting on. But personally, I don't see it, bro. I don't see it. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I call him Lamora, the famous duo Bonehead. I call that guy Bonehead. I I, I remember. I called this guy Bonehead so many times last season that I literally had it saved. You see on 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 iPhone when you have your saved emojis. I had you see the, the <laughs> just a big head and I had the bone. I used to do that all the time. Bonehead because that's what he is. <laughs> that's what he is. But anyway, listen, he's he's looked impressive in preseason. Dave, what's your what's your verdict on on Mora? And then moving off Mora as well, I wanted to get you to talk on. Nuno's sort of formation choice that we're seeing because from what I'm reading, he switched and completely abandoned the, the 4 2 3 1. And we seem to be playing a 4 3 3 now, whether it's Skip playing deep, Wings playing deep. Um, what's your thoughts on on that as well? So hit me with the double double whammy. Yeah, so so Mora, he's, he's got one more season. You've got to think about it. So we've got, you know, you know in the European games where you're like, you need a senior member of the, the team to step in and, and help the young guys. More is that guy. Do you know what I mean? And if you look at everything, all the videos coming out from the club and whatnot, he's everyone loves him. He loves everyone. You know, um, he's, he's got that kind of persona, you know, never give up. And actually, as much as I was going to say, we see this every preseason, but actually what we're seeing this, um, this preseason is a continuation of what we started to see a bit last year. If you remember the Crystal Palace game, um, the Fulham game, I think. Um, he's winning the ball high up the pitch. He's making some really good runs. Yeah, he he, he does he fall over to himself sometimes. But like his play for the third goal yesterday was was what you want to see from from a player in that position. Um, so he's definitely got more credit in the bank than, than others, you know, in, in the squad. Um, in terms of formation and that, yeah, like we played two formations yesterday. Was it? Four three three, and then I think it was a three. Was it like a three five two, three four three kind of thing? Yeah, towards um, the end, it was. It, it looked like it was yeah. a three five two. Then when he made more subs, it almost converted into like a three four three. So yeah, it was yeah. good. It was I, I wasn't sure about the three four three, but we don't have we don't have a we don't have um, centre backs on the pitch yesterday, and even in the club, that could really run that system anyway. So looking at the back four situation, it's very solid. Um, Skip is just like he's holding it all together. He's just been the glue. So I mean, and again, last night we saw his range of passing. And this is what I'm saying about Harry Winks. Yeah, I told everyone last season he needs to be carrying bags, right? Carrying bags with the coach. That's it. Yeah? Because Skip is coming, right? He's playing that kind of deep lying role. He gets the ball and immediately turns into a bit of a playmaker. He's moving the ball forward. It's very direct, and I feel like Nuno has given that instruction. Get the ball forward as quick as possible. None of this sideways shuffle is why Ben Davies can't run in this team. Yeah, none of this sideways shuffle business. It goes into the midfield and it goes straight forward so quick. Um, and I th- and that's what's getting the best out of Moore. That's what's getting the best out of Son. You know, it's quick movements because they were making these runs last year, but just no one was in the middle to find them. So it'll be interesting to see now that we see Ndombele back in training after the birth of his of his little baby. You know, congratulations to Tongi. Um, and doing this thing. Um, we'll be interested to see how it works with him, um, Skip, Hoiberg, um, and, and what kind of combination. Obviously, Lacelso coming back um, from the Copa America, see what kind of 
um, combinations he do. And also, watch out for now, John. I think stays at the top. The um, conference league game, we could see like a, a skip now, John um, pivot, as it were. And I think that's going to work quite well. Um, there is no like out and out defensive midfielder. It's it's like someone plays deep and just anchors the thing, comes off on the centre backs. It's very fluid, um, and it means you never compromise going forward or or in defence. So it looks good. It looks good, it? and I think it means we can go into those those trickier games in the league with a bit more confidence than last year when we're like, well, we're going to go one nil up against Burnley and try to sit back. Mm. Mm. Like, like I said, go on. More than ten. So I think we, we it's looking positive. Let's see what happens. Fair, fair. Uh, I think, again, I, I'm, I really don't want to cling on to pre-season like this because pre-season is pre-season, isn't it? But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Nuno sets up um, against Chelsea and Arsenal next week because I feel like that'll be that'll give us a bit more of an indication in terms of what he's trying to do with this team. Um, because, one, that's Premier League opposition. Two, that's opposition that we're going to need to be better than to do anything of note this season and psh, good luck being better than Chelsea this season and even being better than Arsenal is not is not is not guaranteed like uh, it's not at all so the one other thing I wanted to mention and Jay Spurs mentioned it in the comments as well <sighs> here we go again Dele Remontada version. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you no, get, no, before you get there. No, 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 no. I, I need to. Exactly. I want you. I, I want you to stop me. I want you to stop me because it's like that GTA meme. Ah, shit. Here we go again. Here we fucking go again. I knew you were coming. I knew you were coming. I was waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. You understand? I'm going to go Monday, grab my popcorn. Monday, listen, yeah? This Remontada that Monday was speaking about. Everybody knew that Ali was going to be one of the big, bigger guys to perform yesterday. I've heard a lot of information about Ali coming back. Big hey, dance, captain uh, high season in great physical condition. Blah blah blah. Ali now being the captain against MK Dons. I know his stocks are down, bros, but my guys, do not buy the dip. I promise you, do <laughs> not buy the dip because this man is the man we know. We know what kind of player he was, but against inferior opposition, in the style of play that he's been he's, he's been playing and the positions he's been playing, don't buy the dick. I promise you, your stocks will plummet. The <laughs> stocks you need to be investing in are the skip stocks because those are moving high value now. I promise you, <laughs> high value now, all right? <laughs> Listen to that. Don't buy the alley dip. But anything you've got, lump it on Oliver Skip. And that's what I'm gonna say on that. You know what's interesting on this on this Ali thing as well? Because he's playing him as a number eight. I read on Alistair Gold's report today. He's playing him as a number eight. So when we play four three three, he's playing as an eight. And I've literally seen this movie a thousand times. I've seen this movie a thousand times, and it's always a horror show. It's always a it, in fact it ends as a horror show. Because he's not he's not quick, he's not mobile, he's not a, he's a, he's an intelligent football player in terms of the positions he takes up and his late runs into the box, and he has the ability to to pass a ball, maybe not consistently well, but he has the ability to pass a ball. But he's just not a good number eight, like he, he isn't. 
can I just can I just interject though? In this system, right? It's weird. He's an eight defensively. Like when when we when we don't have the ball, he's sitting as an eight. But when we do have the ball, he pushes up as a ten. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it goes from four three three to four two three one because Skip and John weren't really getting involved in them kind of passes of them attacking moves. So it's it's a weird one. It's like a I'm going to cover your flaws a bit, and I think that's why Ndombele is going to come in. You know, I think Ndombele is going to be that guy in in the midfield three. You're going to have probably Skip and Hoiberg on, on, on you know the other two midfielders, and then like I said, you're eight when we don't have the ball, but a ten moving forward. And you know, again, he looked okay yesterday. Was a bit selfish in certain moments, like we've seen already. Looks at the season, Dave. But like I said a few weeks ago, he has more flair in the dreads than this in the pitch. So, Dele stocks. Not only have they depreciated, they absolutely stink right now. <laughs> they stink. If Don't he, buy if, it, bro. Do not if I, stocks, man. if I could represent Dele to a stock, in fact, not even a stock, into to, to a cryptocurrency, I would. I would link him to Ripple in 2017. You know what happened with Ripple in 2017? Ripple boom and boom and boom and boom. Huge meteoric rise. We're talking about it hit, I think it didn't it hit like $4 at one point and it plummeted. It plummeted down to half a dollar. That's when that's when Delhi's career was, was high. Too- yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not hearing it, man. I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. So, my thing is this. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done waiting on the Dele Remontado. I still think this guy's a good player deep down inside, but I need that good player the fuck away from Spurs. I need him gone at Spurs. I need us to start afresh and play actual number eight. Yeah, that's what I need. Agreed, agreed, agreed. <laughs> that's what I need. That's what I need. But anyway, let's move on. Let's let's move on from the friendly and let's talk about. The same old Spurs. There's a reason why this 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 pod's called the New Spurs Order because we're not going to take this shit anymore. Yeah, we're putting our foot on this club's neck. I'm sick to death of us as a fan base just passing by and allowing them to do the same shit every summer. I'm awake. I might have been asleep before, but I'm awake, <laughs> and I know the rest of the are as well. I know they are, but let, we have to talk about Romero. We have to talk about Romero. So, Tops, walk me through your head and how kettled it was this morning when you saw the inevitable. Talk Man, to slow down. If we're talking right now, man, like, you know, talk at the moment, cast it on more. Man, <laughs> Tottenham are moving like Hugo and them, man. Like pariahs. <laughs> Nobody wants to be anywhere near this organization because at the end of the day, this to me it's a no-brainer. Like as a football club, it's a no-brainer. The reason I say so is because, first of all, we're looking at our needs as a football club. Clearly, there is a clear defensive deficiency that we have, and that needs to be filled by someone of a decent amount of quality. Not to mention, we have failing and disappointing centre-backs, but we've also lost one of our most experienced centre-backs. Now we're looking on the player side. 
we're looking at a player who has played at international level, is of good young age, was said to be the defender of the year in Syria R, Syria R, and is a player that has performed adequately as a front foot defender. Someone who enjoys defending, who enjoys intercepting, who enjoys blocking, who enjoys heading. Now, you look at the two situations, the player and the needs that Tottenham have, you would go to the world and back to secure this type of player. And the reason I say so is because if you look at the past in the Premier League, people talk about, is this someone that's going to change your team? Okay, we can use maybe Van Dijk as an example. Might not be the same because he's played in the Premier League before, but that was a defender that Liverpool went and paid over the odds and he effectively changed their culture as a, as a defence and effectively as a team. Now, you could even go as far as saying even someone like Diaz. I have my opinion on Diaz. We can go into that another time. But Diaz went into City as a £60 million player, improving what was an already OK defence. He, again, was the difference in their winning last season. Now, we look at a team like Tottenham, who had very good amount of goals, very very clinical from our, from our front men. And clearly, the issue that we have is conceding goals and we don't have defenders who can take control of that defence or actually seem like they want to defend. Why wouldn't you as a football club go over the odds to secure this type of player? And it really, really, really is screaming very mid. It's like Tottenham are screaming very, very mid because it's looking like, especially from what Fabrizio Romano apparently said today, whereby we are the most difficult team in Europe to negotiate with. Everything that we all thought is coming to fruition. And I tell you, it will be an absolute travesty if we can't secure this. People, Some people are saying things like, we don't know if he'll be a success. We think the money might be too much. We've paid big money in the past for other players and they've not been great. That's fine. But this is a player that we clearly need. And it's not a surprise that there are other quality, high-value clubs that are looking at this player as a target. So why not get ahead of the market, similarly to what we did with Ndombele, get it in, get paid the money, get it sorted. But no, 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 no. Like we always know, Levy and Denman are moving like Hugo in Casa Amor. You try, move to a team, I'm not interested. Keep it stepping, brother. I'm going to ignore your texts. I'm going to ignore your calls. I don't want anything to do with you. And I'll tell you, if we go into that first game with Sanchez and Dyer, brother, take me off Twitter because the words that I'm going to speak on there will be unspeakable, bro. And a toast. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Spurs and Daniel Levy are like Hugo from Love Island. Can't draw gal. Can't speak to gal. <laughs> Don't even know. What a girl looks like half naked, just completely bamboozled and out of it, out of their depth. No job done. That's that's, that's it. No job done. No job done. Out of their depth, bro. Out of their depth. It's like you hit the nail on the head, tops. Let's 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 use the Casa more analogy. It's like this waste man Hugo has all of a sudden had. Clarissa, you don't know who Clarissa, Clarissa, 
Clarissa is looking at Clarissa is looking at you and is actually interested in you. Good food. She's saying, "Come, I'm good food. Come eat. <laughs> Come eat." And Hugo say, "Nah, um, I can't eat." I can't eat because I only want to eat with my fork. I don't want to. I don't want to eat with your cutlery. I don't want. I don't want to pay to use your cutlery to eat. I'm telling you now, we are losing recipes. This is on. I'm not having this. It's not on. Let's not do Bro, this. Come on, please. They, they, yeah, tops. I know you're, 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 This is hurting your head. So I want to. I want to get Dave's opinion on this because Dave. Let's talk. Let's talk on this because first we're hearing, oh, he's gonna, he's costing too much money. Oh, how do we know he's gonna be a success? Please explain to the masses that any transfer could be a success or failure. It could be said for literally any football transfer. Uh, Eric Dyer wasn't even successful climbing up some stairs. Um, Sanchez, the last time he played City, was doing Disco Dave. On the floor. <laughs> so any defender, any defender who can stay on their feet and climb for a header is an improvement of them two men. Okay, that needs to be stated. In terms of the whole transfer of Romero, and like I said, we've seen this before. Deja vu, right? Just swap any name in there. Put Leandro Di Maio or whatever his name is in there. Right? <laughs> in there okay. Um, we've seen this before. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big hip hop fan, and, and the great um, Tupac he said, um, in, "It was it in Do for Love." He said, "I should have known you were trouble from the start." That for me is sums this up because they tried to con us. We've seen Lamella going out. We're like, "Yes." We've seen Toby go out. We're like, "You know, it had to be done. Had to be done." See the new goalkeeper coming in. Okay, we're thinking about the future. All right, things are getting sorted within about five six days, and then. The actual one thing that we need, right? The one thing we need above all else is a competent centre back. But Daniel Levy, you've been in trouble. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, there are there are some areas of, of the Twitter sphere that are saying, "Ah, oh, maybe Atalanta are looking for a replacement. That's what's holding it up." Blah 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 blah. But if we don't get this over the line, and we're walking into that first game <clears throat> with dire. Sanchez, Rodon, Tanganga, and whoever else from the academy as our like, centre backs, we are going to. Not even that first game, the first six weeks. We got what Arsenal, we got Chelsea in the first six weeks. I think. Yeah. Like even yeah. even Palace, right? Crystal Palace with their 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 mandem that they're they're getting in South London. There, you know what I mean? They'll roll past us because you just, we just got to accept the fact these defenders aren't good enough. Like I said. If you can climb for a header, right? If you can stay on your feet, come play centre back for Spurs, because you will be better than what we've got. You know what? You know what frustrates me with this. What frustrates me is it actually looks on paper like Spurs have done their due diligence. Like, yeah. what, what, what frustrates me so much is we've been, we've been screaming: Spurs need to use more data. Spurs need to use more data. Spurs need to use more data. The data points to this guy. Being what we need as a centre back, aggressive, good in the air, good defender on his feet, yeah, young, durable, mobile, literally ticking the boxes that that, that we need ticking. 
And now we're here again. Atalanta are asking for 55 million euros. They've always been asking for 55 million euros. They've been asking for 55 million euros for the past three weeks. Why are we still here? Why are we still here? This is a guy that that the, the director of football who you brought in has sounded out. This is a guy who's he's playing for a champion team. He's champion team. <laughs> Go and sign him. Go and damn sign Paratici signed him for Juve. Like he knows about the guy. He knows, yeah. he knows how good this player is. He'd be done, man. Yeah. And it's just like now, and now, as expected, he had a great season. Yeah. Had a great Copa America as well. Of course, they're going to sell him at a big profit. Of course, mm. they're going to sell him. It's the game. We can't turn around and be like, oh, Harry Kane's prices, etc., etc., and then expect Atalanta to just bend over backwards and bend to our demands. It's the arrogance of these guys. People say it's negotiating. I get it. We shouldn't confuse negotiation with just being dumb and Enoch. Like, we shouldn't. Negotiation is negotiation, but after three weeks, the price is set. It's set. It's not going to go down. We can't offer any players that they want right now that we are willing to release. Just pay the money. Pay the money. I don't really understand it. Just pay the cash and let it go. Like, centre-backs now are a premium. A good centre-back is a premium. You will struggle to find a a good or better better than good centre-back for less than 40 million these days, unless there's some sort of weird stipulation to it. Varane just went to Man United. He had a year left in his deal and he still cost 35 million. Ben White isn't even, he's not even an elite centre-back. This guy is barely a good centre-back, but he's young, he's got gears to go and he's talented in the ball. He's cost Arsenal 50 million. 50 million. Militao cost Real Madrid 50 million euros like two seasons ago. It's literally the going rate for a good centre-back now. So, it's, it's, it's the going rate, yeah. It's the going rate, man. Like, just like, <laughs> You just gotta pay the money. Like you might not want to, but understand if you want to improve your defense, if you want to improve your situation, just pay the money. And you are right, man. This is negotiation. Like whether you like to believe it or not, Tottenham shouldn't try and go into this moving like as if they have the cards. This is the this is the nature of the, the, the negotiation. They have said to you, "This is the price." We know that he's high value, and he is a player that you clearly want. All we have to do on our side is just drop the piece. Simple, and we need the player. Get him in. We need the player. We still got time before the preseason. Before the preseason ends, and this is a player who's had a decent summer. He had a very good last season. Get him in. Get him in. Yeah. It should, it should, be, it should be a no-brainer at this point, man. It should be a no-brainer. And we've, we've been like, even as fans, we've been screaming this for a long time. Tottenham need to improve our defense, and I see that Paratici can clearly see that. And he's doing everything that's clearly within his reach to do so. But I just need us to stop this, man. Pay the money, man. This is like I don't want us to I don't want us to be linked with all these midfielders and attackers because those are not the areas that we have priority issues. We have a priority issue at the back. This is a this is a great point as well, um, from Jay Spurs. Like, we're all excited to see what Brian Hill can offer. We're all excited that Lamella's gone, but nobody here was even thinking of signing Brian Gill this summer. Our priority was a centre-back. That should be the main priority, the main focus. 
Yeah, Gills could be could be a talent, and and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for Spurs. But if you had told me before we signed Gill that you can you sign Gill, but there's a chance you don't get the centre back that you want because the club aren't willing to spend that much on him, then I would say I don't want Gill. I, I would say just give me the give me the centre back. I, I genuinely would because it's it's hamstrung us so much. For how many seasons now? We still haven't replaced Jan Vertonghen and we're now having to replace Alderweireld on top two. We need two centre-backs. The season starts in just over two weeks and we're still with the same bums. Still with the same bums that were eating grass and stripping like cores in Amsterdam. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to be so vulgar anyway, but let's, let's, let's leave it at that because... If we can't just come here ranting and ranting and ranting on Enoch, even though we'd love that. Um, let's talk about Alderweireld leaving because I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna miss him. It was time to go. Legs were fried. <laughs> Legs were fried. But I'm gonna miss the guy, and I'm not gonna miss this current version of him. But I'm just gonna miss what he embodied because I don't know about you lot, but for me. He signalled the start of when we became a serious team, if you get what I mean. I mean, like, we were we were a serious team on the Harry Redknapp, but it, soft. Everyone knew, oh, yeah, Spurs flying high. Yeah, they'll crumble in, like, Jan, February time. Squad was small, et cetera, et cetera. But Alderweireld, like, signified that change that we needed in our defence and that change that we had in a team as well. What what's 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 you lot's verdict on him and his time at Spurs? I'll start with you, Dave. I think he at one point <clears throat> definitely one of the best defenders in the league. Um that partnership was one of the best partnerships we've seen in the past ten years. Um I see people putting all sorts of combinations in front just because people won stuff and, and uh, you know, you obviously want to win things as as a team, but pound for pound Toby and, and Jan had everything you wanted. I mean, there was some pace. There was right foot, left foot. There was defending on the front foot, um, aerial um, aerial winning, aerial duels, getting the odd goal here and there, and versatility. You know, obviously, Jan could play out left back. Um, Toby could step into, you know, can bring the ball forward. Like, like you said, it was when you finally looked at it and went, okay, cool. If... If a man's through on goal, you don't think immediately, all right, this is it. Do you mean? Going up against the better teams in in the league where they're going to have elite attackers, you backed our centre-backs to be able to keep them in check to a certain extent. Um, And and they did. You know, they had some really, really good seasons for us. Um, But it was time to go. You know, Toby just... And I actually think the regression (laughs) was because he was playing with Eric Dyer and Davidson Sanchez, who literally spent half the game pointing fingers at someone else. <laughs> so, you know, he was at his best in a in, in a in a partnership. <clears throat> and centre back is that position. It's all about partnerships. Do you know what I mean? So as good as he is, he's obviously got a bit more in him. You know, he's not retiring. Um, obviously he's got the money deal out in, in Qatar or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think we have to give him credit. And it was a, it was a pleasure to watch him. Pleasure to. See him and, and off the field, 
Um, just a special shout out to you know all his efforts with when the pandemic hit. He was sending iPads to hospitals, um, helping out young kids around Tottenham area who didn't have the resources to learn to study from home. He was helping them out. He was just he was just a great player, great ambassador for the club, and and I'm sure we this is not the end of um, of his time and connection to us. So wish him all the best, but it had to be done. It had to be done, man. Trust had to put that horse down. And boy, did we put it down and get a, a nice, a nice check to go with it as well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, tops. I'm gonna come on to you. I'm gonna come to you on this as well because Dave alluded to it. But yeah, let's let's draw out them man who were chatting all that bullshit. Um, yeah, if you're listening, touchline man them. I know who you are. I know who who it was behind the screen that day that was trying to come at me sideways when I when I insinuated how good this partnership was. So, tell the man them um, how good Alderweireld and Yamba Tonga were as a duo because I don't think they're getting their flowers. And yes, we can talk about the fact that they've not won a trophy, but if we're talking about the individual level that they had as a duo, talk about it, please. Because like to me, man, I don't know. I I just feel like first of all. Toby, man, as a, as, a, as a single defender, I don't think he was given... Uh, well, as Spurs fan, he's been given his dues. But weirdly, I don't know, I feel in world football, he kind of hasn't been, man. Like, you know, we signed him from Southampton for like, what, 12 million or what it was. And he'd been away to... Is it to Atletico and came back? Signed him because I we signed him from Atletico. He was on loan. Yeah. So, so when, so when we did, when when we did get him, like I, I don't know, I felt it was a weird one because we had a free run at a player who was an international Champions League experience, and when he did come and him and him and Jan linked up, man, it was different. Like, it was different. Like in terms of me as a Spurs fan. Him and Jan, they, they were the, they were hand down the best defenders since Lely King I've ever seen at Tottenham. Hands down. And the best partnership. The the disrespect that people are giving them is funny. But do you know what? I think people are being cheeky because people are giving them disrespect because first of all, I think they play for Spurs. And second of all, because the season that they were unreal where we conceded the least amount of goals and we finished, is it second or third? The last season second. at the lane? Second. Yeah, people were talking because Tottenham didn't win the league. So actually, just because just because we didn't concede, just because we conceded the least amount of goals, that was just an idle season. But honestly, those two changed the culture of the way that Tottenham... You know, I can never say in my, in my lifetime, apart from Lenny King, that we've always been known for having a good defence or good defenders. But these two, especially Jan, in my opinion, but these two have been incredible. Like, I still feel that... Toby was always the quieter one and I feel like I've called him out because I feel like sometimes he hasn't been able to take up leadership roles in the team but then I, I understand that that's maybe yeah, the yeah. player he is however he's just been he has been incredible like I, I watched the video the Tottenham put up of him like nine minutes of of his best like sort of highlights as a defender unbelievable passing range unbelievable sense to sense danger unbelievable calmness and I think I saw a stat which was incredible about him playing 200 games or something like this 
antecedent yeah. is it one chance or something like this or no one, one, one error one direct one error, error you know? i never trust these stats because i've definitely seen Adhera get mangled and make more than one mistake i definitely have but, but yeah but like so, at, this, at, at, at this point man i can't speak i can't speak negatively on him man i can't like you know if you're comparing him to the guys that we have left it's scary i, I think i saw another stat the other day where sanchez <laughs> In 18 games, and conceded more than three penalties. Like these sort of things, I'm looking at the, the difference between the quality of defenders is is so stark. But I just feel like he this, is, have- this is a finished version of him as well. This is a finished version of him. Bear this in mind, easy. And like, the, one thing, the one thing as well, that I've, I've been thinking about this because you know I'm sad to see him go, but I think it's time that he's had to go. Is that certain man? And I tweeted this as well. Certain man. They know when their time is up. They have shade. Do you understand? They know <laughs> when their time is up. When the time is up, let me pack my bags. Let me leave on a high. Let me know when I need to be moving on. Certain other men are just chilling in the ranks. They do not know when it's time to move on. And we're paying them like dickheads. Certain men just need to keep it stepping and move on. At least Toby realises, listen... My legs might be gone, but I've still got the quality. I can still play international level. And let me earn my last bag. Cool. Why is Dyer still at Tottenham? Why is Sanchez still at Tottenham, England? Tell me. I need someone to tell me. Please. Please, please, please. Because the club the club don't want to flip him and move them on. <laughs> we no, know why. Man, right on arm, man. Sanchez is profit, isn't man. it? Shout out to him, man. I, I, I so, respect it, man. I shout out so Mel, Mel, shout, shout out Mel, Sabias uh, for those who don't know who she is on Twitter. Um, she put out a tweet and I was reading that tweet and I was getting angry. Imagine I was reading this at 1am in the morning and I was getting angry. I was getting angry because I'm just, but you know, you don't want to just pop off at people thinking, who's this crazy guy just tweeting reckless at 1am. But I was reading some of the tweets and I was angry. Someone actually had the audacity to put Vincent Company and Kodo Torre as a better partnership. I said, I said, what? I said, what? what? What the fuck are you talking about? Vincent Company and Colo Torre, a finished Colo Torre who got displaced by, by Lesko. If you love listening to us here on Touchline Frackers, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no place better to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or... If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to a community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favourite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the programme is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Yeah? Boy, I've seen some brazy, com- some brazy centre back pairing combinations, and it was just 
making my head hot because I know full well Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen were better than at least, at least seven of those partnerships that I'm hearing. I know they were. And this ain't me, this ain't me saying, oh, they're the bees knees are top 10 because, you know, we've had um, Torre and, and Campbell, um, Terry and Carvalho, even Terry and Cahill, I think they were, they were formidable. They were f- formidable. Um, Van Dijk, I think he's carrying, obviously, that one for, for Gomez as well. But, like, Vidic, Rio, etc., etc. Like, there's been partnerships. You get what I'm saying? There's been stiff, stiff partnerships. Keown, Adams, all of that shit, yeah. But don't disrespect these guys because everyone knows what they were on when, when they were actually functioning centre-backs in their prime. Passing, tackling, reading of the game, adaptability in multiple systems. Bro, they had it. They had it. And then with Jan, and let Jan with the left foot to play on the left side, to build up from the, from, from the left-hand side, out of the road on the right-hand side of the right foot to build up with his passing as well. People need to put some respect on that partnership. It was a strong partnership. And it's definitely, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say this, in the last decade, oh, is yeah. the top, last decade is the top five best partnership. Oh, yeah. In the top five best Premier League partnerships, nobody can tell me otherwise. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Nobody can name me, can confidently name me five Premier League partnerships that we've seen in the last decade that's better than Alderweireld and and, and Jan Vertonghen. I'm, I'm just reading for the tweets now. Someone said company in Ottomendi. They're letting trophies trophies blind them. Because individually, you're not telling me that Otamendi's better than Yamba Tongan. You're not telling me he's better than Alderweireld. It's, it's not happening. Otamendi busting it over. Whatever striker moves to him. Nah, nah, nah. Forget that, man. <laughs> yeah. In the past 10 years... Definitely top five. Um, in terms of premiership history, I mean, you've got to go back. Obviously, that's 30 years. Yeah. You've got, you know, Palestine and Bruce. I, I, I don't really remember them, but they obviously were dominant. Like, can't you know, can't comment yeah. on that. But from what we've seen, I would say top 15, top 20 in, in, in the Premier League. Um, but I don't want to see any Ottoman D shouts because, you know, Not- and, and a lot of these clubs, you know, Whatever reason, like Man City, they've they've been able to get by on one stellar defender. Do you know what I mean? Because of their style of play, you know. And I'm not knocking them, but they can play on the front foot. What what these guys had to do, they took over from Kabul and Galas and them kind of men. Do you know what I mean? Bro. Like that's where we were at. And William, I play for every club in London. Galas, that's Vlad Churches, Vlad Churches, Jesus, yeah, yeah, him. Right, and I saw a cotton on one side, and Chimbonda knocking around the other side, and nah, man, like to to go from that to what we would manage to to build on the pot, and we didn't get over the line, and there's multiple reasons for that. I do blame pot, but anyway, you know, we didn't get over the line. But then, as a partnership, and even as individual players, they are top top centre backs in the history of this league. All I'll say is this. All I'll say is this: the free the two full seasons where they were playing with each other for probably 80, 80% or more of the season, we had the best defence in the league. We had the joint best defence 
2015, 2016, and we had out, outright the best defense in the league in 16, 17, despite not winning the league. So the proof, the proof is literally in the pudding. It's literally in the pudding. Of course, Kyle Walker and Danny Rose, excellent. They did their part. Yang, um, Wanyama, Dembele, they did their part. Even a Dyer before he was washed did their part too. But that centre back pairing was, it was, it was top. It was top, and it's factual. It's factual. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Them touchline man, you lot know who you are. You're nasty. The Discord season is upon us. And I'm coming back with vengeance this season. I don't care. Let's Spurs, go. Spurs could be relegated, and I will never stop being on your necks. So I'm coming for you. Let's I know who you are, and I know you can hear me. I'm coming for you. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, watch out. Cool, Tap cool, into cool. the way, man. Wait me, wait me, wait me. <laughs> Fucking wait me. <laughs> anyway, lads. Um, I'm going to sign off with one more question. Yeah? And you lot just got to answer this one minute. Sorry to go back on the Romero point, but the alternative, as Fabrizio mentioned, we've got plan A, get Romero, plan B, spend the money that Atlanta are asking for on two centre-backs or possibly even three centre-backs. Which option... Do you want and why? I'll start with you, Dave, first. Which option? Oh, Romero. Yeah. Romero. I'm sorry. Like, I, I just, you know, from what I saw, especially in the Copa America, what I saw in the Copa America, and watching a bit of Atalanta last season, I think he's definitely what we need and we can build a culture around him um, to to move forward. Do you know what I mean? Um so I'd go for Romero. I think dibbling and dabbing 15, 10 million here and there, I don't think that's going to work for us. I think we just need to go out, get the going rate, and say, right, this is where we're building 23, and then we go from there. Yeah. Tops. Um, similar to me, man. I believe um, it's too big a risk to also have new defenders who are not from the Premier League suddenly try and gel two weeks before the Premier League starts. I have also looked at the experiences of other clubs where they've bought one quality defender. And sometimes that one quality defender has the ability to improve other defenders. So I'm always thinking, you get you get Romero in, he improves your defence, he improves other players, and you've got your star man. There's no point of trying to buy two players who are potentially as good, which they're going to be, they're not going to be as good because they're going to be cheaper and they're probably not going to be at the level that Romero has already played at in my opinion, so there's no reason for us to even be considering it. In my opinion, it has to be the one quality centre-back, which is Romero, the one top target, go for him and then let us let us just see where the chips land from there, in my opinion. Fair, fair, fair. For me, I'm picking neither. I'm picking option C. Sign me fucking Romero and bring in another centre-back to compliment. <laughs> because we need centre-backs. I'm picking option C. But anyway, thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for watching as well. For those who are actually still watching now, make sure you smash a like as well. Leave a comment as well. Um, we'll pick it up as well. As I said, Spurs, we're playing... I don't know who we got this weekend, but Chelsea next Wednesday. Chelsea so, next Wednesday. Just two more. Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea next Wednesday. Arsenal following Sunday. Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal Sunday, then 
bruv, a week to go before the season starts. So the season is nearly upon us. Make sure you're still subscribed to us on all socials, Spurs underscore touchline on Twitter, Spurs underscore touchline on Instagram as well. Make sure you are fully subscribed to the Touchline Fracker YouTube as well. Give us some views, give us some likes, man. We're, we're feeling a bit underappreciated on our video, on our core video platform as well. And look out for the discords as well. They're going to be back real soon. Until then, peace out, folks. Tops, Dave, it's yes. been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Time, yes. to, time to switch from Casa, Casa, Delane, Casa, Casa, Casa Delane to Casa Amor. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Take care. Peace out. On debut, has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. Absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.